off with the, with that cough. <laughs> <laughs> that was a nice cough there. Uh, <laughs> how you doing today, Wade? Yeah, I'm doing really good, Sam. Thank you for uh, for allowing me to come and <laughs> be a part of this podcast that you're putting on. I appreciate that. Well, I gotta say, I'm just I'm so happy to uh, have you on board here because we uh, you know we've done lots of work together and it's been really awesome. Like I think we have good chemistry and to get you on this podcast, you have so many things to say. We're gonna get into a lot of different things today. I'm not really sure where it's gonna go, but <laughs> but that's why I didn't really want to plan too much because I knew we were gonna do some great things today. So absolutely, I'm, I, you know, like I told you, I said I don't, don't find myself as a very interesting person, but again, I know uh, you you really want to be good on here and, and you know provide some sage advice maybe for your listeners or or just some in-depth thoughts on you know and what is what it's like to be me you know (laughs) like i said you know i'm happy to i'm happy to oblige and and uh you know i'm I'm very gracious to to let you to for you to have me on your show i appreciate it well of course wait and food for thought everybody this the second somebody tells you that i don't think i'm that interesting you shouldn't have me on you know for a fact that they're probably the most interesting person so (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, wait, right. uh, let, let's just start about uh, telling the audience who you are, what you do, and what your MO is. So, okay, so like, you know, who, who I am, you know, I'm Wade Robichaud, I'm the, uh, uh, I'm one of the two owners of uh, Lifestyle Travel uh, Incorporated. Uh, I run it with my wife, uh, Krista Robichaud, uh, her and I have uh, kind of had this uh, passion for travel, and uh it was kind of born out of, you know, necessity sort of because we transitioned out of, you know, working for a travel agency or she did, I should, I should say. Uh, but we wanted to maintain sort of that, that uh, independence of selling travel and, and the ability to kind of, you know, push our excitement of travel and selling travel onto, you know, the, the people that we work with. Um, and so we started Lifestyle Travel sort of actually weirdly in the, in the pandemic because I was sitting there. I was like, I know travel is going to come back at some point. Why not get in as an independent, not be handcuffed to a you know an organization, work for ourselves, try and drive travel, try drive excitement of travel, uh, you know on our own. I've slowly you know building, put a lot of work in the into the you know, the website and things like that. But it, it, it's getting there. You know we're gonna we're gonna see some some interesting uh, you know things happen, uh, you know more or less. But the idea is that we want to you know be real life. It's real life travel experience and even on our IG, you know, lifestyle travel, it's real life stuff, you know, where <laughs> we're not those people running into the beach with the, with the flowing, you know, lifting each other up and, and, and spinning around on the beach <laughs> for, for the IG. You know who we are? We're the ones making fun of you <laughs> sitting on the beach chair, enjoying ourselves. Thing, real life uh, you know and it's <laughs> we get it right but at the same time you know you have to kind of poke fun of yourselves too if you're those people and i'm kind of dissing a little bit on this podcast just know we're doing it too just a little bit differently just a little bit differently oh that's great wade you're obviously a really passionate guy especially when it comes to, to traveling how important is it to take that leap of faith especially when you want to do something that you're really passionate about full-time essentially well, you know, as my career for the company that we work for, Zane, you know, I travel a lot for business. So at the same time, so I'm not, am I not only doing my, you know, day-to-day job, um, you know, after hours, it's, it's a lot of investment. Uh, it, was, uh, it was scary, you know, to make that leap of faith to decide I'm going to go 
in, I'm going to start a business and I'm going to try and promote myself. I'm going to try to do a couple of things. Um, it, it, uh, it really weighs on you a little bit up until the point that you hit, like, you know, <laughs> you're on GoDaddy, right? Like we're going to get a plug there, uh, you know, GoDaddy.ca, right? So until you're about to hit like process, like that's it, you know, you hit that process, you're going to commit. That's like the check, hit the button and then just forget about it and then just go forward and be yourself. And that, and that's the, the whole idea about that. It was like up until the point I hit like process, it's like, I've got my domains, I got web packaging, I've got, you know, all my services, I got all this really figured out. But until I hit process, I wasn't in it. The second I hit that button, the second I spent money, my hard earned money or our hard earned money, not even mine, our hard-earned money, Krista and I, until I hit process on that, on that, you know, on that website, wasn't real until then. And at that point, actually I hit process and I almost got like almost a, a, a weight was lifted off my shoulders. It was like, oh, that wasn't so hard. But really that was actually just, you know, the, the we haven't even buried, we haven't even opened the hatch yet, right? We're just the beginning, so now we're, there was so much more than hidden process. I was all hung up on like, okay, I'll do this. This is what's going to make it happen. It wasn't. <clears throat> it was hitting process and then all the time putting into, you know, uh, the web domain. And even thinking about that, you know, we don't want to be just anything. We go to lots of different places to buy travel. But we wanted to be your travel company. That's why, you know, when we... We're looking at designing the web page and looking at designing the company name. It was lifestyle travel, something a little bit, you know, that we're, we're that you know, we like doing. Um, you know, we 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 gone the, the route of of no kids. You know, we can get into that a little bit later. But you know, we've kind of just chosen right away as we first got together that we were going to really you know explore having children together. We wanted to just be each other's best friend, but that allowed us to live a very particular lifestyle to to lead a particular lifestyle. But also we wanted to kind of allow other people to kind of experience, you know, that type of lifestyle. So appealing to that, your lifestyle travel, it's, it's, it's your travel, it's your lifestyle. Isn't that ironic too? Like going back to what you said about kind of being really nervous to hit that button to go live. You talk about paying bills. We don't really think about paying bills. It's something that we do. It's, yeah. it's almost like a bodily function. We just do it because it has yeah. to be done. But when you talk about investing in yourself and having a plan to do so there's so much reluctance and nine times out of ten you probably talk yourself out of it because there's just so much unknowns and so much fear <laughs> and it's just ironic because that should be one of the easiest things to invest in yourself but it's not it's not no i mean i can tell you like there's a couple of times where I, like you know i walked away i was like no okay i'm gonna think about it I sit there and i probably you know i'm not gonna think about it and i just move the mouse out of the way and i think i sat in front of the computer's you know, just like, I think I, I, I sat and I'm on my phone. I'm like, okay, is this the right thing to do? And I'm texting my friends. And what do you think I should do? And, you know, I, I got other buddies that are in the, you know, that build websites and stuff. And they were all like, you know, my, my, my circle of friends that were rallying behind me. Like, just do it. We'll support you. You got it. You can figure it out. The persona on, the persona that we driven, and that was really kind of what it was driven behind, is the persona that I joined to build on IG is like, 
sort of like, this is what it's really like to travel as a business traveler. You know, a lot of my videos, you know, if you, I welcome you to, you know, to visit my page, YouTube page or my IG page, you'll see a lot of my videos and it's, this is like real life stuff. This is what it's like to, to travel for business. It's called lifestyle, lifestyle travel, right? Yeah. So yeah. your lifestyle travel.com is, is our website to book travel. If you'd like to go there or, or to investigate travel and kind of see what we're all about. Or you can look me up at, at lifestyle travel on, on Instagram as well. Um, or you can look me up at Wade.RoboShow or sorry, Wade RoboShow on, on YouTube. Um, and that'll get you to lifestyle travels, YouTube page. All of our stuff is on there, but, um, you know, traveling for work has really opened my eyes about, you know, the importance of providing that information to business travelers. Um, you know, and I apologize I shouldn't have that on. So let me turn that off because that's, you know, super uncool to be, uh, uh, you know, interrupting that podcast. Let me just go and put that on. It's okay. You're a busy mute. guy. It's good yeah. to show it off yeah. once in a while. Yeah, it's a, yeah, it's like my buddy <laughs> asking me what Pizza 64 was. And I was, you know, I said that to them. I was like, what is Pizza 64? I was telling you, that's got to be like a shot at the 73. Shot at, yeah, yeah. But what is 73 though? Baskin Robbins, whatever that is. You know, what, what is the, the 100 flavors or 99 flavors or whatever? Is, is there 73 pizzas at 73? Pizza 73. Maybe this place only has 64 pizzas. Mm. You know. Yeah, no, that makes sense. You know, I don't know, right? But like, <laughs> at the, so I apologize. You know, I shouldn't have that. I should have turned that off. But you know, going back to that, uh, it's important to understand about you know what what business travel is all about. It seems really good, and I like it. I really do. It works for me. Works for my life. It works for my wife and I. Uh, I'm away quite a bit, like a hundred nights a year in a hotel. That doesn't seem like a lot, but it's actually a ton of nights away. Um, it's nights away, it's time away from your spouse, it's time away from your bed, it's time away from my cats, it's time away from the things that I like to do and the comfort of my own home. It's it's really crappy too for me when, when I travel. I love traveling, but to sleep in a different bed, especially a bed that you've known hundreds of people have also shared with you they clean the sheets and whatnot but yeah. but there's still stuff underneath yeah. those sheets and i just i cannot fathom uh, just being in a hotel room i have the worst sleeps in hotel rooms all the oh. time no so, matter what <laughs> i actually have the best sleep i have one of the best sleeps ever you know and, and i and i sleep well at home and it's really nice to have that the warm body of your spouse text you in your bed that really makes all the difference but um when i'm away it's like as tall people, my wife and I are both over six feet tall, so we share, you know, a king size bed. But even then, you know, I, I have my king size to myself. I can starfish <laughs> on the on the mattress, and you know, I can build the, the the pillows up, and I even create the wife pillow, right? Like it's like here's a bunch of pillows, or I can roll over and cuddle the pillow. So you're yeah. not like Seinfeld, the tuck or no tuck. You're you're a you're a no tucker. I'm a no tuck. Okay. I'm a no tuck. <laughs> Uh, I am yeah. actually really noticing too, like when I gave you like a high chair, pretty much. <laughs> I'm just noticing the the difference in size right now. But whatever. you're tall too, Zane. You're a tall guy. I know, but like I, I can see it, like in the video, it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's interesting. Wait, that's really cool. Um, so you've been to a lot of places. Um, how do you take every experience? When you go to somewhere new that you've never been before, what what are things you look for? What are things that you remember most about a certain place? Um, well, you know, I'm gonna be honest though too, because like I used to be terrified of traveling. I was like, I was like everything like I always think it's good. Everything that 
I'm just waiting for the wheels to fall off something, right? And it actually took meeting Krista to uh, to kind of open my eyes a little bit and um, and, and embrace and embrace the fear of travel almost and turn it into an excitement of travel. And, and really, you know, it, it, it started with, uh, you know, the initial trips when we first got together, going to Vegas, going to Vegas a couple of, I think we went to Vegas like twice a year for the first couple of years that we were, you know, even seeing each other and then, and then even married, like it was like our home away from home. Um, and, and that sort of allowed me to get used to bigger crowds. I didn't like crowds. I didn't like, I didn't like confined spaces. I was always, you know, when I go somewhere, I'm like, how can I get out the quickest possible? Like how fast can I get out of this situation? But instead of that, you know, now it's my situational awareness of going in and like, I get where I need to be if I need, you know, something happens, but I'm here to experience it. I'm here to live. And uh, one of the best, I think one of the, the most exciting things that we ever did together as a couple was uh, when she worked for uh, for a travel agency, we got an opportunity to um, go to Ireland together. And uh, I was super nervous. You know, I was like, I was, I was super, I was high energy, but, at the, but I was, that high energy was like the mask of like, I am shooting my pants. Like I'm, <laughs> I am so afraid to like, you know, I was like, I'm gonna get an airplane. What if there's turbulence? What if the plane crashes? Like, yeah, unrealistic things to be. <laughs> Air travel is one of the safest things, but I was so unrealistic in things that I was. Um, oh, our food is here, actually. Food so I, hate to, I hate to interrupt this. Let's pause for a sec. Pause we'll be right back. We can get our skip the dishes food. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, we're we're all fed up. Yes. Literally, we're like we fed. ate some food. I'm full. I mean, I hope you're not fed up with, with me, but like, I mean, our, our stomachs are fed up. No, we're not, we're not fed up with you, Zane. I'm not fed up with you. No, but we're, we are fed up. I'm definitely full. Definitely going to digest. Yeah, it was delicious. Yeah. Give uh, our little plug in there to Vietnam Paradise yes. in Leduc, Alberta. Great vermicelli and pho. Just one of the, one of the best. Good vegetable rolls. I think we had some lemongrass grilled chicken uh, salad rolls. Yeah. Delicious. Good and relatively healthy. Relatively healthy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So no. the peanut sauce, you know, we're drinking the peanut sauce. It would be, you know, relatively unhealthy, but. Yes, for any peanut allergies, it's probably not the best. But, <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> but uh, no way, just to kind of carry over to what you were talking about with your traveling and whatnot. Yep. Um, I heard somewhere that there was a plane being developed that was a hotel that could house thousands of people while it was flying in the air. Yeah, that nuclear-powered plane that they were talking about. Uh, I saw an article. I, re- I was reading an article about it. Actually, I think I actually shared the article. Yeah, that might have been you, yeah. The other day. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm all in for that. I love that science and technology stuff. And I think I think that, you know, considering some of the things that exist out there, you know, the Spruce Goose, Howard Hughes, Spruce Goose, you know, largest plane in the world at that, at that point in time. You know, and, and then progressing to, you know, even larger planes. Um, 747. Uh, from Boeing and then you know the progression to the A330 from Airbus and uh, the Antonov you know that the Ukrainians uh, the Ukrainians made and developed you know beautiful airplanes beautiful aircraft and then now the the dream that that dream of having a sort of like like a cruise ship in the sky right not a you know 
got these gigantic cruise ships that are you know sailing around the oceans. Why can't we have that you know in, a, in an aircraft form? There's a lot of things that have come into play trying to get something that large to fly consistently. I think they were saying it's nuclear powered. It's going to hold like two or three thousand people plus staff. Have like observation decks and like different things. But sign me up. I'd be right there. I'd buy the first ticket. You know, like I'd be there. Like that love. I love the the. I love flying. Absolutely. See, I think it's really interesting. Just the way that our technology is is so innovative and so progressive, but it begs the question. Where does it come from exactly? Because, like, it's got to come from somewhere. I know some people are geniuses and they just come up with these amazing schematics and it's uh, it's quite impressive. But when you dig deep down into the rabbit hole, like we're about to, where could you say some of this actually came from? You know, the universe is filled with a lot of different things. You know, and I, I not, you know, my personal conspiracy alert right my th- or, or like you know controversial topic here i i actually wholeheartedly believe that we are not the only people we are not the only intelligent species in this universe there there must be something else there must be there's too many things there's too many outliers there's too many unexplained things on the globe um, it would be too hard to prove otherwise. How did we go from Neanderthals to to human beings? I mean, there's a gap there, you know, and, the, and that, that's actually weirdly enough that's addressed in one of my favorite TV shows out there, Ancient Aliens. My wife and I, Krista, she actually got me into it, and then like we're fully into it. Like that's it's a good show, the best <laughs> show for us. One, if you're a little tired, you need to sleep. The guy's narration voice. Like, you go to sleep quick. But when you want to watch the TV show and the, and the topics that they talk about, like, the, like Bigfoot and, you know, is is, is is Bigfoot an alien or is he a cross-dimensional being? And, you know, even further, you know, even even the other topics that they deal with, you know, of, of uh, the, the hieroglyphs that they're seeing and, like, and the way, the way that even, you know, the carvings and stuff, how people are, you know, they're carved and it looks like they're sitting in a craft wearing some sort of rebreather or reading a, or wearing a helmet or spacesuit and or they're in a or or the or, or the or the or even the scripture, you know, talking about coming down from the heavens on you know, on a on a on a on a in a in a ball of light or something like that. Well, how could that you know how could that be? You know, they, these people drew and inscribed and and did all that because they saw something. They didn't just invent it. They didn't they didn't imagine it. They put that on the wall because they saw that. You know, were dragons really dragons? Maybe not. Maybe they were something else. But. I want to believe that that stuff existed, you know? And it, it makes you question too, there's so many stories out there. And I'm trying to speak about this as seriously as possible. I know some people that listen to these types of things just kind of immediately dismiss it as folklore or think it's just hogwash. But I'm trying to talk about this in a real serious light here because it's just, it's one of those things that, you know, you, 
we question it, right? That's what this podcast is about. We ask questions and we talk about it. No matter how you shatter the glass, we shatter the glass. You heard it right here from Wade. I love it. And you know, you can't tell me of, of the thousands upon thousands upon thousands of stories of sightings. I mean, I just feel like there's more to it. I don't have the answers and I haven't personally seen it myself, but I do have a genuinely open mind about certain things and I have my faith. I have, I've made it clear what I believe in and whatnot, but I also to an extent believe like there's a little more to the other side of the coin when it comes to our own universe. Cause we're just, just so huge. And when you hear all these people having these experiences, you have to at least ask the question, like, what is it? Like, is it, is it, is it these downed craft being reverse engineered? Like how, what's the probability of that? There's area 51, you know, what Absolutely. goes on over there? There's some weird shit that goes on there. And <laughs> it'd be kind of cool to know. I'm definitely, you know, uh, it's hard to refute some of this stuff. And, you know, there's a lot of folks out there that are, you know, debunk it and things like that. And absolutely, there's a lot of videos out there that are faked and, you know, there's deep fakes and there's debunked and all those videos that are out there. But then there's some that are just so, there's some that, that you know, even even the debunkers can't really say, like, I'm really not sure what that is. You know, how do you even, how do you even address, you know, what the pilots see when they're flying? There, there, there has to be more, you know, and, and then, and then, you know, the other thought is we're spending all this time looking outside in the universe. We know more about our galaxies and, you know, the surrounding and, and, and in space and within some of the planets that are in our solar system than we do our deep oceans. And maybe the thought is, is that maybe we need to be, maybe we need to look, look more at home maybe maybe they're they're closer than we actually think you know there's a lot of stuff we don't know about this world too you know not i'm not going down the road of flat earthers okay because like <laughs> oh there's a line to draw right there's a line to draw like yeah. i get it like those guys those, those flat earthers are so committed to that i can't even have a conversation with this well it's, so... it's like when you get down to like the, the reptilian elite stuff yeah. and like, <laughs> like, like that's a little like out there but <laughs> like the all-seeing eye and like the you know the luminati and things like that <laughs> yeah, the, the, the the world orders and things like that but i draw the line at flat earthers okay like I'll, I'll 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 lightly buy what you're gonna sell me for like the illuminati and some of the other kind of conspiracy type of secret societies and things like that that are out there but i'll draw the i'll draw the firm line in the sand on like there's no friggin' way that the planet Earth is flat, and I can tell you that for real. Oh, no, yeah. 100%. The same thing with those people that say that we didn't land on the moon. Like, okay. Like, I've been to NASA. I've been there twice. I've been to the John F. Kennedy Space Center. How could it... It's impossible. No, you I... You know what I, I mean? Like... I, I can't buy that myself. Like, I'm I'm not a flat earther. But, um, no, there, there's some strange things, and... Um, it's it's one thing too when you watch those shows like ancient aliens like you're talking about like i watched the same thing too like when i was in grade school like grade 11 i'd come home for lunch every day and that show would be playing and i'd be watching it like on reruns and stuff like that (laughs) and it's like on some of those episodes if i'm not mistaken they've actually interviewed even like military personnel so like credible people (laughs) that that have these stories yeah so it's just it's just something you have to be aware of like you know it's 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 happening you know it's, it's like the bigfoot thing like they people are finding footprints 
they're finding all kinds of different things. I have my thoughts. I mean, again, it's another topic that sounds outrageous probably right now to some people, but I mean, somebody's seeing something, somebody's hearing something. There's no way that big, I, I hold, like I, what I, you know, Joe Rogan's podcast had uh, Survivor Man on there. Oh, right, right. I remember that show. God. You know, I talk about it and it's like, it's it's right there, the tip of my tongue, and I can't remember. Les Stroud. Les Stroud. Yeah, I was trying to... Yeah. <laughs> not just Survivor Man, <laughs> Les Stroud, right? Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. And he talks about, <clears throat> in one of his podcasts with uh, with um, with Joe Rogan, which I feel like they should just finally like get together and go out there and do what they say they were going to do on the, on the podcast. But I would, uh, you know, Les talks about an encounter... That he had with Bigfoot or with Sasquatch, would call that. And he goes on to you know play some recordings and things like that to Joe Rogan and and, and I and it it's not at that point, but it, it was at that point that I le- I felt legitimized my belief in it. Like there's no freaking way that it's that like there's so much forest and bush and nature out there, and we are this big and there is so much we just don't know yet. 100% it's got to be out there. So what do you make of the famous Patterson-Gimlin footage then? From, from uh, what's it called? Uh, Bluff, Creek, Bluff Creek. From like the 60s. I think that that footage is irrefutable. I think that has got to be the absolute, absolute pinnacle of like proof see many people think that that was a guy in a suit there's no freaking way and even even the Patterson that, the way that it was carried the turning you can even see like it was you could even see the breasts it was a female absolutely yeah. like you can just you can tell that and if it was that's someone going in at in that age in that day and time that's someone going really far that's someone going all in, really, really all in on that, saying like we're gonna we're gonna fool the world. But like from a logical you know? standpoint too, I feel like <coughs> people in those days weren't really focused on stuff like that, or like I can't imagine that even being a thought in people's heads back then. Well, no, like okay, we're gonna do this. We're gonna pull off this hoax. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, wait a second. Let's let's think about this. Let's actually think about how would we, how would we, okay. How would you and I potentially, let's say we wanted to pull off a hoax, you know, think about, think about what we would, it's 1970s or something like that. You know, how would we, what would, what would be available to us? What, what special effects were out there? Um, now let's not, let's not underestimate what was, a, what was possible with special effects back in the day and then, you know, I think pushing it out maybe into the eighties with the howling and like raw boutine or, uh, you know, for, um, for the thing, you know, Rob Boutine, his special effects that he did for that, for the thing. Incredible. Like even, I even show that movie to people that have never seen it. I want to show you this movie. Like, blow your mind. Best special effects movie I've ever seen. We're going to talk about it. I'm like, you got to watch this movie. Incredible. The, the degree that he went to, to sell, um, the separation of the head of the Edgar, you know, monster and like, you know, um, the, the, 
you know, the, when 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 the uh, when, I can't remember the the character's name, but he's on there and he's giving, you know, CPR and he's trying to, you know, bring the guy back to life, and you know, and his arms gets bitten off, but the you know the chest opens up and it bites his arm off. It's just the 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 level that they went to for the realism. But then you'd have to find someone out there that would know anatomy, would know primates, would know a lot of stuff, and you'd have to find someone that incredibly tall. Um, and you would have to spend a ton of time mimicking maybe the walking of either silverbacks or gorillas or primates or chimpanzees or whatever. You, 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 it would just, it would be, I just can't see someone going to that level of commitment to pull some hoax off in the seventies. I just can't see it. Like I just, for me and I, for me, I want to believe in it for sure. There has been many instances where I've been camping with friends, even with family, that we've been deep bush camping. And it's been like, you know, I'm not saying I'm having an experience. <laughs> I've not had an experience with Sasquatch. But what I'm saying is, is that there's been times when I'm sleeping in a tent. And you hear things stomping around. You hear things stiffening. You smell weird smells. And, you know, it's, it's you're afraid to peek out the tent. Yeah. Right. To absolutely. validate that, oh, it's just some elk taking a crap well, right or like you know that's just it right like some of the tv shows like finding big bigfoot for example i draw i can't some of that stuff is some of that stuff i like dude don't like, get me wrong like i, I love it too i but think it it's, it's so a good, fantastic and dramatized the it's characters like, too like matt moneymaker all those people are yeah, awesome they're, like they're good at what they do yeah. it's just it's just like they hear like a, a branch break and it's like yeah. what was that it's there you know and then they go screaming off and it's like so like Something's again, up there, something's chasing me. Yeah, it's the possum. And they and then okay. they have they have they play the dramatic yeah. score in the background. Yeah. So I, I mean yeah, like that, <laughs> that's where you kind of draw a line, of course. Yeah. But but interestingly enough, I don't know if yeah. you know this. Like I've read about this somewhere. I, I don't know if it's confirmed or not, but I'm pretty sure it was. Uh, uh, Patterson himself, mm-hmm. the guy who actually shot the uh, Bluff Creek footage back in the '60s, mm-hmm. he unfortunately died oh, prematurely. 60s, okay, I thought it was the '70s. Yeah. Uh, it might have been the early 70s it was around it was either 60s or 70s yeah and um he unfortunately died prematurely like in his 40s because he had cancer unfortunately so we'll never know but it was said i don't know if it was confirmed but there was a rumor that he actually confirmed on his deathbed that like his footage was vetted like it was this is legit it's legitimate i did not lie about this there's been no other you know like i guess there's been other really good there's there's other really good footage out there for sure. Like you can go on YouTube and you can find tons of good, but you, on YouTube you can also find like a lot of bogus stuff too. Like, Oh yeah. Okay. Like, I could tell that's a dog or I could tell that's a bear or I, you know, I can tell. I think one of the things that, <clears throat> one of the things that frustrates me the most about dramatized television, reality, reality stress dramatized television or dramatized for TV is 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 obvious i know that the travel channel and discovery plus and these guys are out to sell television i get it we're we're making a podcast because we you you know that's 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 what you know that's our thing that's your gig you're trying to push out the glass podcast discovery plus and, and get viewership and listenership discovery plus wants viewership then you know et cetera et cetera but I can tell that like some of that stuff is 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 pretty deep with how they edit it. Really, I think actually does an injustice to 
the actual stuff that they're trying to, you know, they're, they're going out there trying to figure out if this is legit or not, or find Bigfoot or whatever, you know, it's like... It's the precedent, right? Like, yeah. It's, it's the precedent of unraveling some of the mysteries that plague the universe. Not not, not plague, but just are existent. Yeah. Because it's, it's natural for humans have a, to have a curious mind, you know, and you'd be kind of ignorant to not explore that to some capacity you know what i mean and it's i require people that want to actually do that and invest resources to actually go on expeditions and figure it out 100 percent. it's nothing to be um embarrassed about it's just it's just cool it's like yeah. ghosts you know like like i think there's there's something to be said about spirits and whatnot we've talked about this in the past before it's it's there you, you can ignore it because it doesn't necessarily affect your daily life but for some people it does because of the stories we hear personally some yep. people have personal stories that affected their lives so it's uh it's well, I got something for you Zane. what's that so i used to go i used to go ghost hunting I right got, i got yeah. an insane story for lives it's crazy to me and i still think about this because it, it really affected me we're talking about effect mm-hmm. yeah so a group of friends when I was to when I used to work at the movie theater we uh we knew some people that would get us into you know this is legitimate right like we used to we knew some people that worked at Fort Edmonton we'd do ghost hunting there and we went to the Firkins house and we did some ghost hunting around the Firkins house and uh, I had had some incredible experiences there um you know even even uh, and I was pretty like do you want to do I want to say naive ignorant maybe ignorant is, is the fact that was like, I didn't, I like, oh yeah, oh yeah, ghost hunting. Sure, I'll go. I'll buy into this. How scary can it be? You know, I've seen some movies, right? You know what I mean? And then, but then I, you know, I'm, I'm walking the grounds and we're kind of getting a little bit more deep and, and there's this sort of ceremony happening and then like the, the person that was with us, we had a medium and, a lot, and it, it was, it was getting a little more kind of legitimate and they were bringing up devices and we were doing like you know the the white noise thing and we're like trying to talk to the spears and get a response and, th- and stuff like that and uh <clears throat> and um <clears throat> i remember crossing the threshold the threshold right the boundary from the from the from the stone walkway onto the grass kind of right by the big tree off to the right hand side of the of the, of the firkins front door and I remember becoming so overwhelmed with energy. Um, it's like something entered my body. It's very difficult to under, to, to, to explain because it's a feeling that I think you need to kind of experience. Um, and, it, and this is going to sound fantastical probably to some of your viewers. Or maybe, or maybe it's going to be sound like, oh, for sure. I get that. Your viewers are going to get 100% that guys are going to money on that one. But the energy that, that came into me just was so incredible. Um, I almost felt like I was like not even in my own body anymore. I almost felt like I was viewing myself walking, walking the grounds, but outside my own body. Like it just, it, it hit me and I was just, I almost felt like I was just out and I kind of had this, this moment there where I kind of felt like I kind of saw everything and then, and then I lost it all at once and I became very disoriented, very sick. Um, and I was just wandering around and I, and I remember kind of wandering around aimlessly, um, for a few minutes and I don't, you know, my friends kind of grab me and they're like, what's going on, man? And I was like, I'm like, oh, I'm all good. You know, I'm good. Just tired. Right. Trying to play it off as like, you know, I'm cool, but it wasn't cool. 
I wasn't feeling cool. I was feeling like, hey, something, something's weird. Like, and that's where I really, really started to kind of get into it a little bit more. Um, I remember going inside, going upstairs. My bud, my buddies were upstairs, and you know, and this is this is like where the, you know, a little bit more crazy to me is, you know, upstairs is the energy. Is there an energy vortex or something? And, and, and we've got people downstairs doing, you know, seances or anything like that, but. I went off kind of on my own and I was just kind of checking it out and I went upstairs and um, in one of the rooms that you can't really get into because there's sort of a barrier there, the, the, the rocking chair was moving. And I was like, there's no, there's no way. Like, there's no freaking way that I just saw that. And I started to kind of get panicked and I was like, there's no way I'm seeing this. You know, have you guys been up here? No one's been up there. You're the first one. You know, how, and then, and then the panic of like, okay, wait a second. Am I seeing legitimate, am I, am I experiencing a legitimate like paranormal event where I'm like, where they're moving something or whatever. And, and I remember sort of almost poking fun at, at it and I'm like, you know, I can rock in the rocking chair too, you know, or something like that. You know, it's just some comment that's, you know, the things you say to yourself in these scenarios where you're like, I've got to, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to try and make light of this because it's going, it's getting off the rails here. <coughs> Excuse me. And, um, and so I remember turning my back and walking and, uh, and, and, and I remember feeling like someone paint, like grabbed my, my arm and, um, I grabbed, and I grabbed it and I was like, I looked around and I grabbed it and I grabbed what I thought was going to be someone's hand and it wasn't. And I looked there and I was, I had some scratches on me. I was like, where the hell did those come from? And I was trying to think, you know, did I, was I in the bush? Was I somewhere? And I couldn't think of anything. And, uh, and as I started to go down the stairs, I, I, um, again, I, I kind of had a feeling that I wasn't the only one up there. And I took a couple of steps down and I stopped and I just kind of listened and there was a, a physical shove that I felt from behind me. Um, not, not, wouldn't be, wouldn't be adult hands. It almost felt like child hands. Kind of lower back. And I just, I just, I, just a little stumble. And I took a little stumble and not, not, I didn't fall down the stairs of the Perkins house, but I definitely took a stumble and I grabbed the handrail and I just, and at that moment, I immediately had a different opinion on like, life after death and and what is what's next for us uh once we leave the physical body yeah that's really interesting way thanks for sharing that um it, it is a, a lot of it is it is an experience too and uh, i'm no expert but i mean i've had my fair share of experiences i've talked about this before on our podcast with our good friend kim kim Baholka. um and what, what scares me most about that venture is the psychological aspect behind it. Like you're talking about like physical, like scratches. Like I also remember too, like some of the psychology behind it where like you'd be up all night sweating or like what, what really scares me is like the Ouija board stuff. I've never delved in that kind of thing. Cause, cause I just, I think it's just, there's certain things you don't do. And that's one of them. Like I think all the demon stuff is real. Like the evil, yeah. the demons, like that, like Satan, yeah. like 100%. Satanism. Goosebumps thinking about that. It's real. 
and and I wouldn't I wouldn't mess with that. Yeah, I would leave that where it is. And uh, that, and it's worse when you go to a place that you don't know that some kind of dark energy like that is there. Yeah, and then it attaches itself. Or or to maybe you. it was okay, but maybe it was just mischievous energy too. I mean, dark. Yeah, mischievous. Yeah, but I did I did have a I did have an experience with the Ouija board as well. Um, back uh, many, a couple of years ago, many years ago, I should say, not couple, <laughs> a few years ago, and uh, and again, I was sort of at that point in time. It was kind of on the same, it was in the same period of like ghost hunting days with, with this group of people. And, uh, and I wanted to, I wanted to kind of, I wanted to figure it out too. Okay. Okay. I'm buying this now. How much is, you know, it was almost like me pushing the boundaries and, uh, I did, you know, all this, all the proper things and we had the right people there. And I was asking this, <clears throat> excuse me, I was asking, you know, the, the board questions that were highly personal. Things that my friends that were also participating would absolutely never know the answers to. Um, and somehow we we're getting these answers that like it knew that I was adopted and it knew that I didn't know who my dad was. And I asked, you know, I said, is my mom alive? My birth mom alive? Yes. Is my birth dad alive? No. Okay. And I said, is there anything that my birth dad would want to say to me? You know, cause I've never met him. I don't know what the situation was. I was adopted when I was three months old. My mom had me, my birth dad went off back to Mexico where he was from. And that's as much as I know. And, and the answer I got was he was sorry. Right. And, and, and then it gave me a little bit of closure too, because I really didn't understand why my dad didn't want to have anything to do with my birth mom or why he didn't want to have anything to do with me. But also, you know, those are things that, um, that my friends there would never have known either. Like they didn't know I was adopted until I asked those questions and how could they possibly know to, to help steer the, to steer the answers in a very specific direction that were highly personal to me in those answers. Um, and then, and then we started to kind of, you know, and I, and I, and then I, you know, said goodbye, closed that door with that, with that spirit. But we opened a door to another, you know, encounter, which, which, you know, this, the spirit kind of latched onto one of my friends that was there and, and, uh, she had gone home and, uh, they had to do a cleansing and there was like a whole thing, but she had, she was like, I sat up for, for close to eight hours having a conversation with a ghost, with a spirit, with an entity that looked, you know, like it was from the civil war or something like that. She said, I, 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 I'm, this is, and this person is the most legitimate person out there. And she was terrified. She's like, but, but I had this conversation with this being and it was because we pushed the envelope. So if you're if you're gonna you know play with the Ouija board, I highly recommend not taking it as a joke. Though um, we were ignorant at first when we were playing with it, and I think that you know if I was ever to revisit that, um, I would I would respect it a lot more. I would respect it a lot more if I ever and I have never revisited that uh, the, using a Ouija board since that night. I think everybody's first experience, if you've ever had one, I never have personally, but. Usually you're young and naive and you don't know anything really about Absolutely, it. Absolutely, you know. And uh, it could, you know. In your early 20s, yeah. uh, you know, it's just like, yeah. 
What's the worst that can happen? <laughs> you know, the famous last words, like how bad could it really be? it's 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 terrifying you know like have you ever heard of that um that incident in russia called the diatlov pass incident yeah where those kids went crazy and they ran off from their tents and 1959 nine hikers went missing in the ural mountains yes and they yeah these hikers um from some college in siberia they just went on a ski trip cross-country skiing through those mountains and they never came back. They were actually discovered, like, days upon days later. Yeah. Um, and they had these horrific injuries. That was the craziest part of it all. Like, you, it's one thing to go missing. That's the mystery. Yeah. Completely unexplained is, is the injuries they had. Like, blunt force trauma. They had tongues ripped out. Their mm -hmm. eyes were gouged out in some of the corpses. Their faces caved in. Like, yeah. And then the, the kicker, too, which we just talked about off the mic here... Um, was their tent was cut open in the dead of night when it's fr like sub-zero temperatures, yeah. freezing. Yeah. They ran out of their tents, the safety of their tents, because they were absolutely terrified. Now, what, didn't they cut themselves out of the tent? It was cut from the inside. Yeah, it was out. cut from the inside. Yeah, so what exactly, you know, what, what, what was, what was at, what was at play there, Zane? That's a good question. There's so many theories. Like lots of theories. You know, and, do you want to say psychedelics? Maybe like. Well, I but mean, how you, but how do you theorize the injuries? Because psychedelics don't make you all of a sudden become massively strong. So you know. See, like that's where the discrepancies occur. Right, we don't know. We we can't even really decipher except draw our conclusions, because um, it's just so bizarre. Like literally, the injuries that they had are compatible with that of being like ripped apart by some type of force because yeah. that's what that's what the at, at the time it was the soviet union and they were talking yeah. about the kgb yeah. uh investigating it and they said that their final conclusion to the investigation of what happened was uh they were killed by some compelling natural force or something right what does, and, that, what does that mean though what does that mean like yeah. there's there's been documentaries like this goes back to our bigfoot talk they said it was a yeti which is the equivalent of a Bigfoot on the other side of the world, essentially. Yeah, exactly. Or aliens abducted them. Because another crazy thing was they had traces of radiation on them when they were discovered. I don't know if you knew that, but there was actually like traces of radiation mm -hmm. in that site where they were found. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it does it, it, you know, do we, do we go as far as, you know, experiments where the Russians, you know, experimenting with some sort of unnatural force or they or do they have some sort of uh, you know ability to kind of do any some sort of mind control potentially to terrify these kids or something like that to that effect you know it's it's uh, it's a it's a pretty unique um story and that documentary that we were just chatting about too i mean it was pretty incredible you know the, the lengths that they went to to try and find out what happened to these kids they even wanted to blame the um, the local uh, native people, the Maori, yeah. who are native to that that area, and uh, really hauntingly, it was documented when those nine hikers were on their trip. Apparently, they were warned by the Maori because they had an, a confrontation with them while they were doing their hike, and the Maori actually warned them. And this was in that documentary that you were watching. Um, they said, "Don't go any further." They were warned. And then there was actually a picture that was taken 
it was shown like some weird shadow figure following them. Shadow peoples. Again, like yeah, like apparently it was vetted. Apparently it's real, but I mean, who knows? Yeah. Like this is just speculation, right? This is all from from other people's research, and we're yeah. just kind of drawing our own conclusions. But it's just fascinating, nonetheless. Like, how do you explain mysteries like that? What's your conclusion, Wade? What do you think? Zane, I, I don't even know where to begin on what what I would conclude have happened there. I mean, <laughs> I've I've gone camping. I've been out in the wilderness, uh, you know, not deep stuff like Les Strat or anything like that. You know, I'm not Survivor Man or uh, Bear Grylls by any nature, but um, there are things that can happen in the woods sometimes that will mess with your mind. And, and, and you know, again, going back to the Bigfoot thing, the Sasquatch thing, the Yeti thing, you know, I, I, I truly believe that we just have not explored enough to know definitively that these beings aren't real. And there's lots of documentary, but you, you, there's lots of stuff on there. You see footage of the Yeti, you know, running across, you know, bounding across the mountaintops up in Tibet and Nepal. And how do you explain that? It's clearly a bipedal. It's clearly something. There's... You mentioned bipedal. Like, I think at this point with what I know and what I've seen, that's my conclusion, whether it's like some type of animal like the yeti or the, the bigfoot or whatever they're called yeah. um maybe like there's just like another type of like primate out there that we're just not aware of. that's that's very very um reclusive doesn't want to be seen you know you could maybe even say the same for uh the alien encounters uh, if they're intelligent animals like they're yeah. going to be discreet about their existence essentially yeah. and again i know this sounds crazy how we're talking <laughs> about it but we're just talking about it. It's just, it's just something. It's a mystery. Nobody, a mystery nobody really know. knows the answer. The unsolved like, mystery. So, terrifying TV shows like it. Yeah, <laughs> you know, you, you talk about like we talk about communication and not having things to talk about these days. It's like let's let's come together on things like this. You know, yeah. like yeah, yeah. Exactly. What's so hard about that? Like it's just it's just interesting. Absolutely. But, talk about unsolved mysteries, like you know, bringing shows back. You know that were that I haven't watched in a long time, man. Unsolved Mysteries was actually like a terrifying TV show. Oh yeah, it's it's brand new on but Netflix it, again. There's like a brand new one, and, it, yeah. and, and it's like I haven't even I don't even want to watch the brand new one because I was always I was I was already terrified as a child. Yeah. Watching that, you know. Oh, Unsolved yeah. Mysteries is on. Let's watch it. Never not sleeping. That that, that theme song. For two nights, you know, the theme song. It's almost like the theme song to uh, you know the X Files. Incredibly unsettling, almost like an, an unsettling tone on purpose. Yeah. Setting the stage for what you're about to watch. You know? Some disturbing stories on those shows. Absolutely, but I think the, I think the part that he, that gets me the most is like at the end is like, so if you have any information that could lead to the arrest, and it's like let's find out because these are unsolved, and that's always because gives, gives me the goosebumps of like there are still creeps out there, there are still people out there. That have gone unchallenged for the crimes that they've committed, and that's what's so crazy to think about. And it's like, I'm glad that we, you know, we relatively live in relatively very safe communities in Canada, where you know our crime rate is fairly low. Um, you know, but it doesn't make us immune to things like that, though, either. No. no. Um, but it, but I think that's the that's the part that really gets me every time. Is like, you know, it's not we haven't figured this one out yet. You know, no. how could someone be so smart? Like, um, sorry, the name escapes me. 
but uh, the gentleman that robbed the bank and then jumped out of the airplane. D.B. Cooper? Uh, yeah, D.B. Cooper, yes. Yeah. It, it's like that. It's like, who is D.B. Cooper? They still have not figured that out. Isn't that funny? Yeah, like, but they're finding some of the bills and they're finding something like, and it's like, you know, because the, the, those kids found a couple of bills and I think it was always from the D.B. Cooper, you know, thing. And it's like, come on, like, you know, I think we're 2022 here. We must have something in our toolbox that can help us solve these mysteries now, you I, know. I remember watching that movie Without a Paddle with like Seth Green, uh, Matthew yeah, Lillard, yeah. Jack Shepard and those yeah, guys. Yeah. And Burt Reynolds. Burt Reynolds played D.B. Cooper's best friend who was on the heist with him yeah or something like that and yeah like the whole premise of the movie was about db cooper's identity and they found him like in, yeah. on their trip it's like oh yeah yeah that's kind of cool it'd be it'd be nice if it was that easy but i mean <laughs> i don't know like, these are just interesting interesting things to talk about you know yeah how would i put i don't even think about you know think about pulling pulling those you know pulling off a, a, a prank like that or a hoax but just the the balls you'd need to have to do something like that. And just You talk about balls, I couldn't even jump out the, f the flipping plane there. I, I hate heights. <laughs> like, I don't even know. I couldn't do it. Like I, 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 That's the one thing. I, I like the adrenaline. I like the thrill-seek. Uh, but flinging my body out of an airplane is really high on my list of things that I'm trying not to do because it just... I think that it would just be like almost that one step before. No, no, that, no, that being said, I think I would love it. I think I'd love that, the feeling of parachuting down and falling controlled or, you know, uncontrolled. But I think the step, that step, that leap of faith. Wait, I'll let you know in a little insight here. I was a firefighter once and one of our training initiatives was climbing like the nearly hundred foot ladder that's on one of our fire trucks straight up. Yeah without a harness uh and i can confidently tell you that uh I, I mean i did it but it didn't change my perception of heights yeah. i still hate heights yeah so if you think you're gonna conquer it i mean yeah. I, I don't think you will but that's just me <laughs> <laughs> and heights are no problem i, I uh, we've uh you know back in the day we've, uh, you know walked up mountains with friends on uh we've taken the the hike up Whistler, we've done the walk up Sulphur Mountain in Banff, and mm -hmm. stood on the edge of you know the cliffs and things like that, and kind of really rolled the dice and risked a little bit. And then, and the and the heights doesn't bother me. It's um, I don't know, I, and, I, and I don't know what the difference is of me standing on the edge or jumping off. I think it's the I think it's that mental capacity of like you're about to put yourself at risk right? it's, it's, it's almost like, like a, see that standing on the edge and you're looking over at the thousand feet down and you're like that's not risky you know i, I feel like, i feel like that's fight or flight kicking in because when yeah. you look at it it's purely psychological you're not necessarily in danger but your mind is is kind of resonating with this uncomfortability uh like almost like how an animal senses danger nearby before it even like yeah you, you know you get these nauseous feelings like like these you know, protective, is this a like, good idea standoffish yeah. feelings you know you're on alert just like an animal would be if there's a prey yeah you yeah. know what i mean yeah i hear you a hundred percent yeah and i think that's i think that's where i think that's where i'm gonna i think i would draw the line personally it's like i think i'm sorry i would uh oh, that's you good. know jump jump out of an airplane i want to 
I want to go skydiving. But the trust, the trust of like, I don't know you. You packed them. I was going to say umbrella. <laughs> you packed the parachute. God help us if there's an umbrella in there. But like, I need to put the faith that like, you packed that right. And I didn't watch you do that. I would feel better if I would go somewhere and be like, I'm going to go early just so I can observe you doing it. Because that would, that would make me feel a billion times better of like weirdly strapping my body to you and us falling out of this airplane together, knowing that you want to go home tonight just as bad as I do. Right. I think they would just, if they, for uh, you know, person, I think that would help me. You know, I'd feel better leaping up an airplane knowing that like I've watched you pack it. Seems like you're got it under control. That's just it. It's it's the professional that I have the faith in. It's it's not the parachute I have faith in. No, it's not the piece of fabric. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's Zane. You've packed this. You don't want to die today, too, right? Yeah. <laughs> right. 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 I don't want to die today either. We're gonna jump into this airplane together, and we're both gonna go home a okay. It's the professional that I think I need to 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 kind of vet and I know that they do it all the time but it's like it's my own personal like problems internally it's like I really need to see you do it because then I'll feel a bunch better you know it's funny how you can kind of link that to the way you learn too you know yes like you need to see someone do something to prove that they can do it you got to prove to yourself you can do things like in the workplace even or like in other areas of your life to to learn things better too so it's just interesting how we always need that visual kind of hands-on approach not just for learning things but 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 reinforcing our confidence in others as well yes absolutely even you know if for all the the, the jobs i've been in over the years i was i've always that's my learning style and i and I've taken that learning style and I try and apply that to other people too, and the other people that I see that need that that help or that need that that assistance in the learning, you know. Um, don't don't do as I say, you know, do as I do. And I don't and, and you know that there's that there's that other leadership style where it's like do as I say, not as I do. I'm definitely not like that, you know. Um, I've learned from a lot of people that were really good at teaching people. Um, just out of blind luck more than anything else. And, and I think people would probably benefit more from that if they just took the time to understand what their teacher is trying to tell them or show them, you know. Um, Here, read this book, that should help you. Or, hey Zane, let's go and work on this together I'll show you how it actually works. What's better for you? that learning style or that that education style i think i think going out getting hands-on saying this is how this is assembled this is how this is works this is its purpose once assembled and i see that you know and i and i and i and i do that at the office where we work you know i i i i, I pride myself in that of saying you know I don't want to sit in the in the in the classroom, and I definitely don't want to do it over Zoom or Teams. Things sometimes just need to be touch and feel. Because without that, how are you to express how it's used to someone? 
it comes down to the willingness to learn and how we comprehend it. You know, if you have those two things and you're fully aware of that, then I think you're going to do okay. But if you're very ignorant to, to opening your mind up, if you're very ignorant to um, comprehension and not realizing how you comprehend things, yeah. you're going to struggle. Yeah, absolutely. There's lots of people out there, I'm sure, that we've both encountered in our, in our lives. So I'm floating off camera saying it. So. <laughs> I'm like, I'm, I'm, <laughs> next time I'm just going to be the voice. You can be the narration. Yeah. Morgan Freeman. Yeah. <laughs> gonna, it sounds better the closer you get. It's just like. In a world <laughs> where time stood still. You know, like man, you really have like that that movie theater just before the credits voice. Like, yeah, no, he yeah. thought he could do it. He was wrong. You know, like, oh, that's great. Steven Seagal in Hard to Kill. You know, like, oh my god. I just love the transitions of this episode today. Like, we go from like really deep shit all the way to like this silly stuff. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> I used to do that. I was movie phone. I was movie phone guy for Cineplex. Well, I worked for Galaxy Cinemas a long time ago. Then it became simplex and all that kind of stuff. But anyways, before that, I was doing the movie phone voice for like Cineplex and Sugar Park for easily like six years. Oh, no <laughs> way. That's awesome. Maybe maybe four. Maybe we call it four years because I didn't do it right <laughs> off the first three. I was there for about six, seven. And I think I only did it kind of near the end there. But, but if, if, you, if you're listening and you went to a movie in two, between 2000 and 2006 and you called... Because you couldn't go online, you didn't check the paper, you called, you heard me. So you talk about like the audience comprehending you, but how did you comprehend situations working at a movie theater? Oh, you know, it's it, like that. What it's like that's all. That's all, almost an episode on its own. There, saying, um, you know, comprehend. You know, it's, it's hard to kind of transition into that. I'm going to tell you a story about working at a theater there, um, learning from your mistakes, right? Let's go, let's go with that one. So there was a, there's a point in time where, um, we were trying to run lean at the theater and try, you know, have, have a, a good showing of, uh, uh, of a movie came out. I think it was uh, ladder 49. You remember that movie? They had like Joaquin Phoenix. Sad movie. Yeah. yeah. Sad movie. Um, so it was like, we had this idea. We're going to invite all the, all the fire department in Shore Park to the, to the grand opening of Ladder 49. Okay. And so we, we everyone's in there, but the fire chiefs are in there and, you know, ambulance people, and EMS, uh, and, and we start the movie and everything's good. And I remember stand, sitting at the podium where we with the tickets and go into theater number 10 there. And uh, we were ripping the tickets, and I was just, I kept smelling burning popcorn. And it was like, it was almost becoming like, you, you know, you work there enough and you smell burning popcorn enough, it's like, it's almost infuriating because it's like, I don't want to smell this. It's anymore. pretty strong. It's pretty rank. Yeah. And uh, I remember getting on the radio, and I was like, can someone dump the freaking popper, please? Like, <laughs> I think we're all done having, thinking we're having strokes, you know? Like, <laughs> I was off and it was like, yeah, no problem. Okay. Like, and it was like slow-mo. I see like the popper is full of dry popcorn and we've got, and I, I remember the radio comes with like, Hey, I think it's, 
like it's turned to ambers almost it's been burning so long i'm like well don't dump it in don't dump it in the thing dump it in a box and so what they do is they proceed to ignore what i asked them to do pull the handle and dump the burning like you know smoking embers of popcorn that have been you know cooking in the kettle for god knows how long and this big like woof of smoke and like i don't know what and the exhaust emergency exhaust fans turn on it but and, and what happens when that happens is the fire alarm goes off because all this smoke is pouring out of the popper and the kettle thing and what that does is it basically it turns all the theaters into emergency mode every single theater stops all the films stop lights go on fire alarms are going off lights are happening and this is happening during like the opening sequence of ladder 49 and what and what happens like in this in that moment in time firefighter comes charging out of the door it's like pulling the pin of the fire extinguisher and like running towards the popper he was ready to go. You know, it was almost like this is impossible that this really happened. Like I'm sitting there and I was almost laughing the whole time. And in the best part is, you know, I think the fire chief was there and he like casually like walks out of the theater and goes to the panel. It's like, turns off the alarm. He will help you out. Right. The, God, I, you know, that, that job and the, the insanity of the things that we, that we, we did at that theater at that time and the people we interact with, um, you know, we're talking about, uh, we're talking about who, how we, you know, we go backwards a little bit and talk about how we've become who we've become. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be who I am today without these jobs that I've done. My very first job, um, was at Panagopolis, Panagopolis before they turned their name to Panago pizza. Panagopolis. So it used to be known as Panagopolis pizza and then they turned yeah. and they changed the name to Panago pizza. I remember working there, you know, like flipping pizza, you know, and all that kind of stuff. But uh, one of the one of the funniest things I remember from there was like we would ditch the pizza every night. So there were a bunch of abandoned pizzas or people that didn't come get them. So we would put them in the back, and that's like the staff pizza, you know. Go in the back and take a bite or take a slice, and you know it's written off, so you're not gonna not paying for it. You're just eating the pizza because it's gonna get thrown in the garbage anyway. So I remember going out there near the end of the, my shift and. It was it probably been a couple of years when I worked there, and I'm, I was going to the dumpster one night, and the dumpster was right out the back door. I had a stack of pizzas, and I just, just as I was to lifting them, sort of to put them into the dumpster, this like, this, this dark figure was like, hey, and I was like, he came up, he was like, I'm like, it's like, where did you come from? Like, who are you, man? He's like, what are you doing? I was like, throwing them out. But what are they? I'm like, well, it's clearly pizza. And now I'm like, I'm not throwing it out. So now I'm holding this thing. I'm like, it's pizza. So well, can I buy some? You can go buy it from the store. No, I don't want to buy that stuff. Well, well, how much do you want for the stack? And I was like, what are you talking about? I want to. I want, can, I'll just give you twenty bucks for the stack. Okay. And so I was like, this is weird. I'm like, you want me? You want to pay me twenty dollars for these four or five boxes of pizza, varying sizes. Most of which are missing slices because we've eaten them all night. <laughs> so this drug dealer, I'm going to call him the drug, because I have no idea. He came back almost every time, every shift I had, and I was throwing out the pizza at the end of any night shift. He would see me, 
you come by, you give, give me 20 or 30 bucks for a couple boxes of pizza to not throw them out and give them to them. Like, I, I must have made, God, I don't even know, hundreds of bucks off this guy. It was just pumping me cash. Secondary passive Secondary income. passive income. <laughs> making money on trash and half-eaten pizza, you know? Like, that's probably, like, I probably ate a part of that, and it's still in the box. Oh, man. You know? Like, it was... Like, I don't know. It's like, it was like it's like that. That's it's like people like that. You know, like the, the funny people you encounter, the things that the things that we did as 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 young, as young people in charge of fairly significant businesses. Like they they chose to hire people that were you know their late teens, early twenties to like kind of run their show, and you can't expect anything more than that because we were pretty immature to be running a joint like that at the time, but. Yeah, that's, God, that's funny. Fun. <laughs> it's it's funny, like working at places like that when I was a kid too. It's just your superiors are either your age or a couple of years older, and the the perception of life is just so different. And like the the higher ups that you know pay the bills and make all the decisions, they just don't care. They just need some seat fillers, yeah. right? Yeah, <laughs> and some uh, some crazy <laughs> things end up yeah. going down. Yeah, yeah. There was you know, dude. There's like a the whole lot. I'll come back and I'll tell you all sorts of stories about that theater. Yeah, no, I agree. Person in the workforce. It uh, it shapes you, right? <laughs> and here we are today. Yeah. So, thanks absolutely. so much, though, Wade, for for sharing all that today. You know, absolutely. obviously, we can go even longer, and that's why we'll have you on again because we have really good conversation today. For sure. And uh, you know, there's much more ground to talk. I know absolutely. you have like so many stories in the vault there that yeah, we cannot tap. Like I could just go for it all and like just all sorts of even family adventure. I tell you stories for. For uh, of our family adventures next time, and just some of the things that like are straight out of the National Lampoon's like holiday movies, that, like, <laughs> for real, happened to me in real life. They're so they're so improbable that like it's you can't even make this stuff up. It's that funny. So you're you're the real Clark Griswold then. I would actually say that if there's anyone and if there's any family that was the closest to the Griswolds, it would be the Rover Shows for sure. <laughs> oh, right down great. to like the motorhome and like everything. Like it just. Can't wait to hear it, Wade. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much. Like I said, Zane, I, I hope uh, I hope the viewers find some sort of enjoyment or, or or get some sort of entertainment out of this episode. Like I said, I, I don't, I didn't figure find myself very, very unique. But oh I hope, no, uh, I hope uh, you know I did enjoy our conversations today. Absolutely. No, of course, Wade. No, I appreciate it. Um, we'll see you on next time for sure. Absolutely. And uh, thanks again for coming on, Wade. I appreciate you, Zane. Absolutely. Cool. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. And thank you all my listeners for tuning in today to Shot of the Glass. Uh, a reminder to uh, subscribe to Wade's channel. Would you like to say your channel, Wade? Uh, yeah, it's uh, hard to remember. It's just Lifestyle Travel on Instagram. You can just find that uh, with an underscore on either side of Lifestyle Travel. And you can also find me uh, uh, online at yourlifestyletravel.com if you're interested to book travel or anything like that. Uh, we also have a YouTube page as well. Uh, you can look up Lifestyle Travel on YouTube. Or uh, you can go uh, youtube.com slash Wade Robichaud and you can find me on uh, on YouTube that way as well. That's right, everybody. You heard it here first. to Get over there. And also, if you like this episode, make sure to give a review. And also, subscribe to our channels all across social media. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, you name it, we're there. And our YouTube channel if you like the visual aspect of our show. So I'm your host, Zane Tomich. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in today to Shatter the Glass. We'll see you again next time. Thank you.